you should try organic. What about becoming vegan? Don't eat any carbs. How about low carb? Paleo, keto, don't eat anything white. Don't forget about the dirty dozen. You eat too little. You eat too much. Don't forget to fast before you work out. I do intermittent fasting. Don't eat after six o'clock. Oh my God, sugar? Every day, I'm inundated with opinions. And you know what they say about opinions. Please, don't be foodish. Join me, Amy Goldsmith, owner of Kinder Nutrition and Wellness and Dietitian for 20 years, as I talk evidence-based nutrition to get the disorder out of eating. I can't wait to serve you. Well, happy new year, everybody. We are so happy to talk with you all in this new year. And for those of you who um, are listening for the first time, my name is Amy Goldsmith. I am a dietitian and was the only host of Don't Be Foodish. I'm so excited because we've made some changes. So in this new year, I now would love to introduce my co-host, Kim Coppola. Hi, Kim. Hey, Amy. I'm glad to be joining you. So we are glad to have you too. Everybody who had listened to us for, or who are longtime listeners would know Kim as um, our therapist, our director of therapy at Kindred Nutrition and Wellness. We've worked together for about four and a half years and um, I have uh, a love of the podcast. I really wanted to um, provide new podcasts more frequently. And uh, Kim and I talked and thought that this would be a great way to do it. So welcome aboard. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, Amy. I think we have in our own personal discussions, you know, we've talked about a bunch of different things where we're like, man, we need, we want to share this with other people. So I'm really excited to be here and hopefully people can get, you know, good information from our podcast. Of course. So before we start, how were your holidays? Uh, well, with three young kids, they were crazy, um, but no, they were wonderful and, you know, trying to balance the self-care piece and, you know, remembering about the holidays and, you know, just being present and enjoying it, but also balancing that with the craziness. So yeah, they were wonderful and crazy. How about yours? I, I, same. I mean, I just love that we can just be open and honest. I had so many patients in my office, you know, leading up to the holidays who who were, you know, nervous. And I just, with one of my patients said, you know, like, I don't really love the holidays. And that sounds like very weird to say, but um, it's so wonderful to be with the family and to really kind of like have a focus um, on like what each day is supposed to be. And at the same time, it can be like extremely overwhelming and stressful. So for anybody out there who's listening and feels like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I don't like the holidays. I will say that there's obviously something wrong with me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I often talk about Amy, like the people that I work with, right. Um, Even though it's uncomfortable to talk about how we may not like our family um, and we don't like admitting those thoughts out loud, that is normal. When you have different personalities within a family, like it actually makes sense why we're not all going to get along all the time. Um, so I agree for people out there who, you know, holidays can be a really wonderful time of year and they can be a really stressful and triggering time of year. So it really just depends on your own experiences, but it's not right or wrong or good or bad. It just kind of is what it is. Absolutely. And if you were a hermit like me, like even with your friends, <laughs> I think I had, I reached out to Kim and said, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm not going to any Christmas parties this year. 
I just needed to focus on resting and I feel absolutely amazing because of it. So like kudos, mm-hmm. pat on the back to me for listening to what I need and Yay. You know, so <laughs> So 2023, um, we were just talking about how like, woo, big deal. It's just another number at the end of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the year. Um, you know, we thought that we would come on and kind of talk uh, to everybody a little bit about like our thoughts uh, surrounding, you know, the new year, new me, let me be fabulous type of um, things that are going to be coming up in the news and with your friends and on Instagram and TikTok and everything. Um, what do you think about all that? Uh, I do think it's bullshit, this idea of a new year, um, new you, because I think it sends this message for a lot of people that you're not good enough the way that you are and you have to change. Um, and I think it's a thing called dialectics, Amy, where two opposing things can be true at the same time. Like, I do think we are perfect just the way we are and there's room for growth um, and this self-exploration, but the new year, new you, it's just, I don't know. I think a way that people are really just hard on themselves, <laughs> like beat themselves up that they like have to change. Absolutely. And I, you know, me, like from a business perspective, I always try to have like different parts to kind of looking at things. And I feel like, you know, I, I, I do own a business and I also feel kind of like a little bit of like shame on you for a lot of businesses that like, kind of like they really kind of victimize consumers like in the new year Mm -hmm. it's like okay I know this is a way that I can get um you know more revenue and start my year off right I mean come on gyms like you know that in February 1st people aren't coming right Mm -hmm. and um you know a lot of these like nutraceuticals and um you know drinks and pills and all these types of things like I don't know. I just feel like we need to be smarter from a consumer standpoint. Like, okay, what are they going to get for me? Like signing up on this recurring, you know, deal with my credit card. If they're also not giving me like sustainability support, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like the diet industry is like, (laughs) um, feeding on people's vulnerabilities and insecurities to make money is (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that we're all getting smarter and I think we need to give everybody credit. And so if you're listening to this and you feel like, Hey, you know, I do want to make changes, um, you know, in the, the year, like, I just think it's important to like really give yourself credit and understand like, Hey, I can make changes. And, you know, the first part of that work for change really needs to be about like, a true kind of assessment on like, what am I able to do that's not going to like completely like turn my world upside down or like make me so hungry that I'm like so hangry that I can't even have a conversation with my family or that's going to like overwhelm me because I'm like running out of work to get to a boot camp at like 5.05 or something like that. Like, I just think, you know, we're smarter and we need to kind of give more props to people to be like, okay, you can make a change, but let's, let's just make sure it's sustainable. Yeah. And realistic, right? Because this idea of like a new you, that's literally impossible to have a new you just because <laughs> the year is different, right? Like it just actually, now that we're saying it out loud, that like literally does not make sense. 
yeah. have a new you. So I agree with you, like having realistic expectations that are actually attainable for whatever it is your goal. Um, but I don't think the diet culture really sets us up for like realistic expectations. It's like quick fixes and, you know, do this and this will happen for you. But, um, you know, I'm going yeah. off on a tangent, so. No, you're right. And I mean, you know, think about it, right? Like we think about as providers, and this isn't a, like a poor me statement, but I would say like as providers, the toughest time in my world and probably yours too, Kim, like in the year is like the end of the year, like during the holidays and the anticipations of like everything that's what to come. But I think, you know, one of the underlying things, at least in the nutrition side of things is I have so many people say like, I told myself I was going to commit to this and I'm not there yet. And Mm -hmm. it's like, come on people. Like, why are we going to screw ourselves over and make a commitment to something and just allow ourselves to feel frustrated and worthless at the end of the, at the end of the year? Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just shitty. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Because again, you can start um, self growth at any point during the year, you know, if you have some kind of hardship, and you decide you want to make a change. Yeah, like that, you know, you can always work towards bettering yourself emotionally, mentally, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, just this idea that like, okay, it's a new year, you got to start over. It's just like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the things that, that we had talked about that I just love, and we, we actually do this all year. And I think like, in most of our sessions with people is, um, you know, the whole thought of like, to, um, see growth, like emotionally or physically, I need to take things away. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, and I, think about, and I think a lot of the things that, that you're going to see like on the news and in commercials, like, and in your social feed is going to be like, you know, eliminate this, like, what is it dry January? Like you're not supposed to drink for three days and it's supposed to like change your life forever. But then like February 1st, you can go back to binge drinking or whatever you used to do. Right. Makes a lot of Um, sense. Yeah. Which actually (laughs) from an evidence-based standpoint, you can't really change your body unless you've removed alcohol for 60 days. So, but that's a whole nother, um, a whole other (laughs) tangent I'll go on. Um, You know, we really like to kind of like change and reflect on like, well, what can I add for enrichment? So like, instead of like taking away or eliminating or restricting, like, what can I add to my life? So I thought like, we would just kind of give some of our top things that we thought Uh, people could focus on in the new year and kind of go from there. So, so since I'm talking, I figured I would start with like the nutrition piece. Um, I think you and I talk a lot with our patients um, and oftentimes people feel like, you know, they'll, they'll have self-judgment on what they're eating or, you know, they'll have comparison or, you know, they may have rules or, um, an ideology around food. And so they ultimately think like, well, I have to eliminate this or I have Mm -hmm. to like restrict this or skip this or skip that. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, first of all, like when we do that, that causes physical hunger, right? Um, And physical hunger, we have that gut um, brain, you know, association, physical hunger can manipulate how the gut is feeling. It can also, you know, change the mood. Um, and that sort of thing. So it just becomes this like chronic, uh, cycle of like negativity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to focus on is, you know, if somebody, um, tells me, 
like, oh my gosh, we're getting pizza on Friday night, which, you know, pizza is one of my favorite foods, but um, mm-hmm. we're getting a pizza on Friday night. I can't eat that. Like how many slices should I eat? Should I just have one? I kind of, you know, my thought process is, well, can we think about like how hungry we actually are for the pizza and what can we add to make it a mm-hmm. more complete meal that you're happy with, right? And so whether mm-hmm. it's fruit or a salad or, you know, adding some protein on, um, you know, the, the pizza. So, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Like, do you feel like there's evidence that would support um, the thought process that would, could make people like a little bit happier or that it's more sustainable? Well, absolutely. I mean, our stomachs make 90% of our serotonin. So if, which right is a feel good hormone that combats depression. And so it's like, if you're restricting and not fueling your body appropriately, because our mind and our body are connected, right? Like by not eating, you actually are making yourself feel more depressed and not to mention then like running on adrenaline and how that affects anxiety. Um, So I totally agree with you. I mean, disordered eating just is not logical in that it, and then having a means of control, you have to limit what you're eating when really in actuality, you could have control by fueling your body appropriately. And then like setting yourself to be the most successful and like feeling good because you're eating appropriately and completely, as you said. Um, so I, I totally agree. We need to have this mindset shift instead of like restricting and taking things away no, like allowing ourselves to have what we want. And as you said, completely. Um, I wonder why that is, why it's all about like taking right dry January, taking away things and not adding uh, or like food, right? Like taking away carbs, taking away whatever the latest fad diet is. Yeah. I think that there, you know, there are quick fixes and I think sometimes it has worked like way back with like Atkins back in the day, yeah, I think died with like, and I think his arteries were pretty clogged, like, and when he died, I believe, um, you know, so I think people did get a quick fix, but they always, it manipulates metabolism so negatively that people usually can't sustain it and they gain more, more weight. And then I also think, you know, from a a business perspective, right? Like if you are a company that makes like gluten-free, like, of course you are going to tout that like low carbohydrate, you know, diets are better. And I mean, there is a marketing manipulation that occurs with all these like fancy new products who, I mean, quite frankly, if you don't have celiac disease, I wouldn't eat a gluten-free food because it doesn't really taste that great all the time. And when you take <laughs> something away, you've got to add other things. So, you know, lots of times they have more sugar or sodium or, you know, it's not necessarily the healthier food, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even though we've been taught by society that like, oh, it's healthy, it's gluten-free. Like, no, not necessarily. Why don't you ask a dietitian whether it's like better for you or not? Right. Right. And yeah, it's kind of like almond milk. It's like, oh my gosh, that's the first thing that our patients like will will move to like when they, you know, want to manipulate their weight or if they have disordered eating. And I'm like, oh, good. Okay. So you're having like sugar and water and you're trying to get your protein from nuts. Awesome. Um, you know, of course, uh, not no judgment there, but just kind of challenging that diet really, you know, thought process. I think something that I repeated, if you're not anaphylactic or you don't have like a pretty severe allergy, you shouldn't be removing it from your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. 
Yeah. So I would say that's my first re recommendation, like from the nutrition perspective, what do you have? Um, I think gratitude, right? Studies show that people who express gratitude tend to be happier and it actually makes a lot of sense. So adding this practice of gratitude and finding something you're thankful for each and every day, you know, adding that to your daily life can really help you be happier. Um, because if you think about it this way, Amy, it in finding, like if you have a really shitty day, yeah. but part of the gratitude practice is like finding one thing that you're thankful for. Think about how that can shift your mindset of like, oh, I had this terrible day and I'm thankful for this one thing. And just that um, kind of thinking of it as a glass half empty versus glass half full, like the gratitude is the glass half full. Um, I also think that in acknowledging one thing that you're grateful for in a crappy day, that's where resiliency is built, right? So like you fell down that day, you had a really difficult day. And that one thing of gratitude is where like you learn how to get back up. Of, okay, my day wasn't all bad because this went well for me. Um, so I think in the, you know, not just new, the new year, I think any day somebody could start to add gratitude to their life. Um, and kind of Absolutely. be happier for it. Absolutely. Know. I mean, I think it's so important. We, we've even talked about that, like in support groups with, you know, our patients, um, we've talked about, you know, when you're waking up like three points of gratitude or before you're going to sleep. And, you know, when you first hear something like that from a provider, like it kind of sounds like a little bit weird, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you're like, a realist, the like, new fad, yeah, right. <laughs> Expressing right. gratitude. <laughs> right. If you're a realist like me, it kind of feels like, okay, you know, what do you want me to like talk to myself about this or write it down? But you know, it, it really, from my perspective, it's like, what works for you? Are you visual? Well, write it down you know mm -hmm. what I mean um or like do you kind of like sing in the shower awesome like maybe you want to um you know say your your words of gratitude out there you know while you're you're in the shower and but the most important thing is like not laughing at it and being open to trying it because I can tell you that's how I got through the pandemic right? Mm -hmm. It was like, I mean, you know, we were shifting things literally sometimes minute by minute just to run this business and keep our patients safe. And it was hard and it was lovely because we were able to see like yeah. how resilient our patients are. Um, but if we didn't have gratitude, I think um, I would have drowned. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Know? Definitely. Um, I think for me personally, when my kids are running around like crazy and it's, I have to get like 10 different things for them and wipe their butts and all of that fun <laughs> stuff, right? It can be really overwhelming and just like you want to pull your hair out or maybe that's just me. But then the times where like they laugh together or, mm -hmm. you know, one of my children helps the other, like the, that's where I'm, I express gratitude and I think it helps make everything else feel less stressful because there are positive moments in the chaos. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think personally and professionally expressing gratitude has been a very helpful coping skill for me. So, so tell me this, like we're both moms, right? And, you know, I feel like I've got teens, you've got younger kids, so different age kind of spans, you know, I 
and and I and I know times like my kids will roll, roll their eyes at me in the teens, but like I will express gratitude in front of them and ask them. And I feel like I see that that makes a huge difference with my kids. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like, do you think that that's something that parents, you know, should try to adapt to or like maybe model? Like, do you feel like that will help like this group who grew up during the pandemic, like be more resilient? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, <laughs> and that, and I say that laughing because at, you know, at dinner time when I sit down with my family, right, we go around the table and we ask like, how was everyone's day? And what was like one good thing about the day, but what was one difficult thing or hard thing about the day? Um, mm-hmm. And I think, so I'm hoping that in my own children, I'm trying to promote and model, as you said, like this idea of resiliency of like, oh, this was really hard in your day. Like that does sound difficult. And they can still acknowledge like something that went well in the day too, right? Because I think often it can be, oh, like this happened and this happened and so-and-so said this, and it can just feel really overwhelming. Um, I think when we focus on a problem, the problem can get bigger and bigger and bigger. But when we focus on a solution or maybe something positive, like that is what gets bigger and the problem gets smaller. So yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to te- for parents to model and teach resiliency to their children of like, yeah, what went well today? What worked well? What are you grateful and thankful for? Um, yeah. So and, I don't know, call like, me up in 10 years and I'll let you know yeah. <laughs> I can how my kids you. are doing. Yeah, I can tell you, you know, we did like highs and lows when, you know, when our kids were little, it, it, we don't really necessarily use that same language still because they're older, but if there's anything that has come from that is, you know, my kids do not tell me everything. I know that I'm not stupid enough to know, to think that they do, but I do know that, um, we're at least a safe space for them to tell us things. Mm -hmm. So you know, even if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, like, I'm not sure if like this high, low thing is like the, or whatever you want to call it, like good, bad is like the space for me. Like just opening up that conversation and asking your kids like questions at a young age. I do think that it like creates a setting where they're just comfortable talking to you. And it's not always like, tell me what your grades are like. Um, how do you feel like yeah. you performed in sports today? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. You're caring about how their day went and like, what they think makes up their day, right? Because you and I, right, if we're about grades or sports or this, but like what's actually important to them and getting to know them on their level, I think that's what builds that safety and trust in the relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so the next thing that I want to talk about, and you know, you're going to have to keep me in line here, Kim, because you know, I go on a (laughs) rant about it and it's probably because I do have teenagers uh, but social media, I mean, I think like, let's, let's everybody who's on social media, regardless of what it is. And there's a million things out there, but I would say like, let's talk about like TikTok, Insta, like be real. Um, you know, some of those main ones, I don't think any of our kids are using Facebook. I'm like, kind of like aging myself mm-hmm. here, but like, okay, can we change our social media to be more positive and just get rid of this negative, um, like filter fueled um, comparison shit storm out there. Like, what do you think? <laughs> so before I answer that, I am going to be honest and acknowledge. I don't know what be real is. What oh. is that? Well, Please teach me. So 
I'm probably not gonna like talk about it the right way, but to me, it it seemed that it was so I have it because my kids join it and I'm an annoying parent where like every single time my kids join it, I join it and then they have to be friends with me, which is super annoying to them, but I don't care. Um, it seems to be like kind of a playoff on Instagram, which I know I'm not using the right language with that, but basically it is you take a picture um, at, a, it's a, at a certain time of a day and I don't even really understand that because I'm always late. Um, oh. and you take a picture of an area and then it also takes a picture of your face and then like your friends can see it. So, oh, okay. So it's like be real R E A L. I was thinking yeah. it was like, be real. Like the reels. Oh from, yeah. Like, TikTok, <laughs> like R E E L. And I'm like, what the hell That's is this? Yeah. yeah. And okay, again, that, like, I'm okay. not like, great at it right like so you know and you can only see other people's pictures if you take your own so I always have to take these stupid pictures of myself with and I always look like really strange because I don't even know where I'm supposed to be looking on the um on my camera but I'm thinking and of course I could be wrong I'm thinking that you can't put as much filters on it but of course you can still manipulate the picture. Like, I mean, it Absolutely. tells you three, two, one, you can get all ready and, you know, look, mm-hmm. look a certain way and stuff like that. But that was the newest one. Um, so it's new. You'll have to check ah, it out. I'll show, you. Okay. I'll show you next time we're together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can't speak for Be Real because I'm not as familiar with it. But I mean, Amy, if I had a dollar for every time somebody talked about social media in a way that was hurtful to them, that triggered them, I would have a lot of money. I know. I'm not going to say I could retire on it, but I would have a lot of money (laughs) because it's just so from professional experience, people do not have positive things to say about social media. They often use it as a way to compare themselves to other people. And especially Mm -hmm. for our younger clients and teens and even like young adults, like the ability to be objective and see these pictures and not have any kind of like emotional reaction or attachment to it. Like it just, it's not helpful mentally and emotionally. Definitely not. Like, I think it started in a positive way to connect people and like, you could, you know, you don't have to talk to them all the time and you can see into their life and kind of keep up with what they're doing, but it's just evolved into this. Yeah. Not nice thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, we have to take just some things into consideration. Like I tell my kids and I tell like our patients all the time, okay, people are generally like lots of times we find that people, at least in our office may not be happy with the way they look, or they may have body dysmorphia. Right. And so like, we even see some pictures sometimes like from our patients and stuff, like they either show it to us or like you know, the AI finds a way for them to connect with kindred nutrition and they don't even look the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like pointing out like, what is the point of posting a picture with a million filters? And you know what I mean? Like, and just, just to like put this in perspective, like I always say like, people are all about, um, I mean, even people my age, it's like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, this picture and that picture, but like they didn't post when they lost their job or like when they got diagnosed with cancer 
or, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not saying a fight that, with their spouse or something, you know? Right. Right. And, and I'm not saying that to be like a negative Nelly, but I just like want to point that out. Like this, there is a lot of research that's being done that shows like this constant posting and this constant like filter, you know, can sh- show that, you know, this cognitive distortion, um, and it, you know, it may be a coping mechanism for that person's like mental health. So I think we've got to kind of like look at these pictures and like take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And I think for our younger clients, yeah, they're not thinking about how this picture was filtered. Like they're seeing it like, oh, that person really looks like that. Like that's achievable and that's realistic. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a standard of beauty that I want to aspire to not thinking like, oh, they had a makeup artist and they have a personal trainer or yeah, they use a hundred filters and edit it, you know, and airbrush things. They're not thinking of it like the other end of it. They're just seeing like the finished product of like, oh, awesome. I can look like that. Uh, Or I should look like that. Right. And that's where the cognitive distortions of like, you know, I should look like something um, can come into play, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's just become such a monster. It has, it has. Yeah. And like keeping in mind that these algorithms like essentially are kind of um, organized by like AI, right? Like it's taking over the world. But um, so, you know, in the past, I think people have said like, oh gosh, but I can't change my feed. But now there mm-hmm. was a lot of, um, you know, negative publicity for at least Facebook and Instagram and that they did actually um, provide eating disorder, like pro eating disorder posts Mm -hmm. to people struggling with eating disorder. So there's like a lot of, um, you know, evidence that has supported that, that, that you can actually kind of like change your algorithm now. So, you know, my suggestion would be for people to like really take the time and kind of like change your algorithm. So it shows things that are positive. So right now, an algorithm will show you more things that you like whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, what you share, what Hmm. you save or what you comment on, even if you type in the comment without posting, it is, I mean, this is, isn't crazy. Like even if you type in the comment and then you do not hit post, right? Cause you spent some time. I know it's gross. Um, And then I know, and then it will show you things that hashtags and accounts you search, who you follow or direct message. Um, what you watch the entire way through or watch multiple times. So like on TikTok or Instagram, and then what you post, hide, block, mute, or report, right? So think about that. So if you, 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 uh, yeah, so you can manipulate what you want that feed um, to look like. And and I work on this sometimes like in session with patients. It's like, all right, let's like, if if you feel like you trust me and we want to kind of like work through this together, first and foremost, it's like, all right, let's just hide any of these, these ads that are coming out. I mean, it, it blows my mind what comes up on, you know, our kindred nutrition ads. I'm like, do you not know we're therapists and dietitians? Like stop sending us this shit, but you know, so you can X out of it and ask to not see it. And then, you know, when you do see things that are like positive mantras, or it's like a company that you really like stand behind, or it's, you know, I follow a lot of like recovery accounts, um, and things like that. Like you can like it, you can comment and things like that and, and shift that algorithm. So you're seeing more positive stuff, right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, I mean, keep in mind, like people who are on this social media, they see a thousand images a day, right? And so if you just keep allowing for like the negative imaging over yeah. and over and over, it is really hard for people to be like completely resilient 100% of the day to be able to kind of like reframe their thought process on that negative image. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a thousand images. I mean, yeah, if you're seeing things for pro weight loss or pro eating disorder, I mean, I can't even imagine just how... I can't even really concretely think of like how many images are a thousand images. Do you know what I mean? That just in itself blows my mind, but you're absolutely right. And especially because social media can have this numbing effect where you just mm-hmm. scroll like pictures, all this, I mean, it in itself can be addictive. Um, so yeah, once you're in that like black hole of disorder and negativity, I mean, it's so hard to fight your way out of that. Yeah. Especially like, you know, again, when you're younger and you don't really like, you know what I mean? Um, just that insight to know like, Hey, this, is this helping me or is this hurting me? It's really difficult to take a look in the mirror and look at if our behaviors are helping us or hurting us. And then it's even more difficult to make a change based on what, you know, what our conclusion is. Um, so I think for younger folks, it's just, you know, harder to do that. Um, and yet they're the ones who are consuming social media more. Yes. Yes. So I think we could like take a stand, at least everybody who's in this community, the don't be foolish kinder community, maybe we take a stand and say, okay, I don't necessarily have to eliminate my social media, but I'm going to respect myself and to know that I can manipulate what I see on my social media and, you know, surround ourselves with a little bit of, you know, more positivity. And I mean, I feel like that will empower us all a little bit more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it makes sense now why, Amy, I have all these cute puppy videos on my feed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just keep getting more cute puppy videos and more cute puppy videos. Right. Um, so maybe that's where everyone could start. Like, Search, you know, when you type in your search bar, yeah, cute puppy videos. Let's start from yes. there and see if that makes a positive yeah. impact over time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what other things do you think we could do to kind of start off today and the rest of the, the rest of our days for success? <laughs> um, if I had to narrow it down to just one thing. I think just, yeah, being nicer to ourselves, like stop beating ourselves up. I mean, we're our own worst critic. Um, Yeah, I would say just trying to give ourselves grace if we have a hard time or we feel that we're not meeting our own expectations of something, just cut ourselves some slack. So um, there are many other things that are now coming to mind, but that was just the first one. Yeah, I think so. I think... um you know, if you wouldn't say what you're thinking about yourself out loud to somebody else, do not say it to yourself. Great point. You know, um, you don't deserve that. None of us deserve Mm -hmm. treating ourselves like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I tell that to clients all the time, right? Like you're the person that you go to bed with at night and you're the person mm -hmm. that you wake up with in the morning. So yeah, like, why are we so hard on ourselves when we're the one who has to live with those consequences and speaking nice to ourselves because we're with ourselves? 
Um, yeah, I think that's a great point, Amy. Yeah. Well, I think that these are some great ideas to, to kick off our, our podcast, our hosting podcast together. I'm excited. We're going to be um, launching uh, new episodes about every other week. And so we've already got some great ideas. We have some guests coming up and we have some, um, some things we want to talk about that are kind of in current events. So um, I'm just so excited to do this with you, Kim. It was great yeah, talking me too. to you today. Yeah, thanks, Amy. I'm excited too. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to our next episode. Yeah, talk soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for joining us for our favorite hour of the day. We hope you enjoyed our latest podcast from Don't Be Foodish and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please help us by rating and reviewing. This allows others who have similar interests to find us. We'd also love for you to follow us and when you do that, you will be getting the episodes before they are broadcasted on our social media. If you have something that you are really interested in hearing or you'd like us to talk about, please feel free to give us a call at 301-580-0008. We will listen to your messages and hopefully be able to integrate that subject into one of our podcasts this year. Thanks so much and we'll talk with you soon.